WOZOLPFM 103.9 live in Knoxville. Uh, this is Doubter 5, the Wombat. The Wombat! And Duke, we've got on the phone today. Hello, Duke. Welcome. What's up, the. Uh, this is an atheist show. We'll be talking about atheism, free thought, humanism, rational science, rational thought, and science. Conversely, we'll also talk about religion, religious faiths, holy books, and superstition. Uh, despite what uh, Steve Martin would have you think, there are a lot of atheist songs, and you'll hear some of them right here on this program and generally on this station. We'll also be talking about atheist and rationalist groups that are here in Knoxville and how you might connect with them. And did you know that there's an atheist TV show being broadcast from Knoxville? What's your tone? I, I always knew this. <laughs> this is not a new statement. It's been going on. I've been for, telling you about this for, for six years time, now. Uh, and we'll talk about that too a little bit later. So how you can either watch it, call in, or get involved. Wait, hold on. Did you know there was an atheist TV I show did. going on? I what? Did. I was the first executive producer of the show. Oh man. Why do I have to remind you about it then? I don't know. Just, I'm getting old, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and today's topic, uh, we'll be talking about uh, believing in things for bad reasons as well as not believing in things for bad reasons. Not believing in things for bad reasons mm-hmm. and believing in things for bad reasons. Two important things. And do you have any examples or something like that? Before we get into that, I want to reintroduce my good friend, the Duke, who's come back after, say, how many weeks has it been? Like six weeks? How long has it been? Oh, man. And since we last left off, uh, just as a reminder for anyone who had been paying attention, we had the Duke on the show. Uh, he was a colleague of mine at the lab that we work at, and he was on a journey. He, he was, he's going through some literature. He's studying, like, different kinds of things. He had a religious dogma that he's transitioning from learning more about to possibly trying other things out. And what we really want to know is just, like, where are you on that journey? It seems like a really cool thing. And I'm still, I'm still, I'm still traveling. You know, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of experiences to have, a lot of, a lot of material to learn. Uh, you know, I, I can't say in the grand scheme of things that I've made any sort of significant progress. I've just been searching through more, more of the options that we have and beliefs. Dude, I'm right there with you. I feel like I'm on a, a transitionary period myself. Every day, I'm just trying to learn something new and see if I can apply it somehow. And yeah. I, I, it's totally fine. I don't. I think anyone who's at a destination is probably uh, well. I'd like to meet that person. I'd like to have a conversation with that person. But really, like, it's just a, a process. Everything's a process, and uh, you know, it's it's part of life. Just to, like keep trying to. Get new information, process it, and try to apply it. But as you best need you to can. keep your, an open mind. That's always, for sure. You always got to keep thinking. Mm-hmm. That's another theme of the show. Always thinking. So you said you had, you hadn't made a lot of progress, but what, what would you say is some of the best uh, steps that you've moved? What would you say is like some of the best steps that you've taken or moved or any uh, life uh, cognitive steps? Is that yeah, what you're talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Sure. He's uh, asking you what kind of cognitive steps you may have taken recently or steps you've taken along the way that you can talk about. Oh, oh yeah. Um, in particular, I have uh, one one friend that I've been talking a lot about religion with. Um, he's, a, he's a Christian. Cool. And 
It's kind of like having a, a Superman as a friend. Okay. I mean, you, nothing that you can't take on if you've got okay. a super friend. So I've actually had a, a theory about this before. As someone had asked me who's the best friend to have, and I've always gone with Superman because if I'm Superman's best friend, we basically have this plan, and I thought this out extensively. I don't have a weakness to kryptonite, and Superman has a weakness to basically just that. So if we're partners, if we're like pals, we we can take over anything in the world. We're like the best pair ever. Or Superman and Batman, that would be. (laughs) Superman's got, I think Batman has more like uh, closeted issues. He's got that whole... And and you don't have any closeted issues. No, I'm a pretty easy guy. I just want to play video games. And if there's some kryptonite in a trash can somewhere, I can go there and pick it up and throw it away. And be like, Superman, it's good. You're good to go. It's like, thanks, Tyrone. I hear you. So what do you think about that reason that he gave? Uh, I I think it's a, a real reason that people... Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. You hear about it all the time. Matter I, of fact, you see memes on Christian uh, uh, Facebook pages and their websites saying, you know, with you and God, or me and God, we can handle anything. Yeah. There's, nothing, there's actually one that says, uh, there's nothing that the world can throw at me that me and God can't handle. Hmm. So it's all about that. It's a powerful statement, especially yeah. if you don't have... Have any hope in your life? Mm-hmm. What do you think about it, Duke? I just, I, I, I think like you that it's, it's definitely a real reason. Um, you know, once you said having having that kind of guy in your corner, I mean, it, it seems really appealing. Um, and you it's know, kind of go along with the thing of the show, though. Right. It's a really good reason to believe. Right. Right. In God. Yeah, if people don't leave the religion, I wouldn't think because uh, they don't think that it's a good idea to yeah. have God in your corner. Yeah, yeah. They leave the religion because they realize that there's no real good evidence for believing that a God exists. And it's an important thing because once you realize yeah. that it's not a yeah. good reason, it's yeah. really hard to believe yeah. even if you want to. Right. Because in a sense, belief isn't a choice. Yeah. Like, there, there are a lot of people in the clergy project that spent their entire professional career preaching the gospel. Yeah. And now they, they can't believe it anymore. And, and they wish they could. They really do. You know, yeah. When I first left Christianity, I went through a long period where I was just trying to do anything I could to get back. But there's just like a, a gap that once you cross it, you really can't go back. Right. And I didn't have the, what do you call it, the safety net of that super powerful friend who can help me out all the time. Because I couldn't take it seriously anymore. And even when I tried to, it was uh-huh. still a hard thing. Right. So it's a real reason for people to seek out God for mm-hmm. out of the sake of hopelessness. Well, not only that, but think about it. When does the church generally want to try to recruit you? Uh, and when you're feeling the worst that you've ever done, when you've got real personal issues. I wouldn't put it that uh, way. Well, so, again, it's an atheist show. We are allowed to disagree. We all disagree, right? That's I, right. I think the most common way that people come into the church is just being born into it. Well, right. I don't have the chance but, to make Okay, better. that's the other reason yeah. that they come into the church. They either have a very low point emotionally in their life and can be recruited by sure. an organization who touts a, a super friend. Right. Or they are taken so young that they don't have any cognitive skills right. to ask the right questions and demand answers. Or generally, uh, they come to those, into a culture to where, those they questions. where they can't rationalize <coughs> and other right. alternative they don't have strategy. The, they don't have the mental skills. The, the, they're not <laughs> sophisticated enough when you're when you're a child, you're not sophisticated enough to question the people that are giving you this type of information. I, I want to challenge the word sophisticated because I know some pretty unsophisticated secular people. And I don't think there's any level well, of Well, even they are more sophisticated How than a that? three-year-old. 
or a five-year-old. I mean, you got to give them that. No, no, I don't. What What are you saying? You're saying that a secular person is automatically more well, an adult is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Mm. What okay. do you think? Dude? We need a third. We need a third opinion on this. Does I? I'll set up the question and tell me if it's a fair way of stating it. Can you hear me still? Can, uh, well, we're, we're we're having a discussion right now on whether or not being raised as an atheist person or a secular lifestyle. No, that's makes not more, the point. I'm oh, looking, okay, the, what's point the point I'm making is when you're three to five years old and people are indoctrinating you into the religion, you're yeah. not sophisticated as an adult would be to uh, oh. to withstand that kind of psychological. Uh, okay, that I agree. Right. Okay. If they put off that indoctrination until the person reached, say, 21 or even 18, oh, yeah. how many Christians do you think we'd have? Yeah, it'd be really hard to do. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. That, that I get totally get. I would also say it's like they're able to handle a degree of abstract thought and, and like, uh, complex critical thinking. Really, mm-hmm. critical thinking is, is the key to it. Yeah. Well, you can come thought. right down to how many adults in America or in the world believe in Santa Claus. How many three to five year olds do? Mm, yeah. You know, they believe pretty much anything their parent tells them. Yeah. Hey, so you used to believe in Santa Claus once, yeah, right? Sure. How did that transition happen? How did it transition <laughs> out of it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, um, when did the part come from when you believe when you had when you thought you had good reasons to believe in Santa Claus to when you realized you didn't? have My good reason to was in. that my there was a vast conspiracy to indoctrinate. I mean, the weather girl would tell me where he, where Santa Claus yeah, was yeah, on the had, map. You had some the, good reasons. The president yeah. and, and all of these other adults would tell me that it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Don't be don't be bad because you know you won't right. get any presents from Santa Claus. Near all and your you finally and all the people. In spite of all of that, yeah. you know, you recognize the writing on your parent on your gifts as your mother's writing, <laughs> okay. you know, and you, uh, you you ask them questions about it, okay. and they finally come clean. Now oh. Imagine if they didn't yeah. come clean, That's bad. if they stuck by it until you know way into your adulthood. Well, that's what Christians are doing, mm-hmm. and because they believe it themselves, but here, and it's a hard indoctrination to break. It is, but here's the distinguishing point: you seem to have found better reasons not to believe than reasons to believe, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> it's okay to to believe something, but really, what the and it's okay to have a real reason to believe in something, but whether that is a good reason or a bad reason right. seems to be a completely there, separate point. <coughs> Excuse me. Like you said, there there are people out there that, while there are Christians out there that say that atheists don't believe because they're mad at God. Okay, I, I mean, would say that, that's a bad that reason. That would be a bad reason. Sure, uh, that, also, that is not a well thought out reason. And I'm sure there's probably some people out there who have that. Yeah. What do you think? So what do? I said I said I said that's just emotional life. Right, but there are so uh, many Christians out there. It's not it's not a good thought process at all. That believe that. Um, and if uh, and if you are literally mad at God, you're not an atheist because you believe That's he true. exists. Mm, yeah. How can you be mad at someone who you think is non-existent? Sure. Like, how could you be mad at the Easter Bunny or a leprechaun yeah. or could if you, you be, didn't believe they existed? So what would you call that person? Just a really passive-aggressive Christian? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, not necessarily passive aggressive, but uh, I'll worship uh, you on Sundays. But I don't think I'm going to like you. Rebellious. Oh. Now that's what uh, Christians can get behind. You know, they they recognize that in their children. They get recognized it in other Christians who are not living up to the code of Christianity. Sure. Uh, so it's real easy for them to just transfer that to a person who says they don't believe in God ah, or sure. that they're an atheist. Sure. Well, you're just rebellious. You're just mad at God. Mm, I was thinking about yeah. Satanists for a moment. I know the Satanists religion, at least the ones we were speaking to before. Hey, Seth, by, or uh, Duke, while before while you were gone, we had uh, an atheist come onto the radio show that we apparently have. No one's ever reminded me that we had a radio show or a, a YouTube television show. <laughs> right. But it was a Satanist on the show. He had a uh, congregation in New York, I believe. And the whole premise behind his congregation is that we're using the same holy book as Christians do. We just decide to outline God as a bad figure and not as something someone who's worth worshiping. Mm-hmm. So out of parody, we worship Satan. And mm-hmm. if anyone came to says, well, how could you do such a terrible thing? We just show them the verses in the Bible that show God doing yeah. far worse things than the devil had ever done. Right. And just out of parody, we're supporting another figure in the same book, and we demand as many rights and representation because of it. Right. Would you consider that as... 
a person who believes in God but also hates them at the same time too? Wouldn't that be the more accurate oh, definition? Of, no, yeah, of a person who believes in God but also hates him. Like you're just saying that because you're right. mad at God. Well, no, isn't he, that what a Satanist is? I would say that he's he's a theist. You know, because he believes in God and believes in Christianity, per yeah, se. Yeah. He's just rebelling against it. But he does believe that God is a God. Yeah. I wouldn't call but, him a, an, an, an atheist, for sure. Yeah. Because, you know, atheists don't believe in gods. Right. They, they believe, for lack of a better word, they believe that there are no gods. Right. So if we were to take Satanists seriously, mm-hmm. not as like a parody, right. uh, that would be a person who does believe in the Christian version of God, right. but also yeah. hates that figure. Let's well. also um, make the point that uh, Satanists... Don't believe in God or the right. devil. Yeah. They, yeah. they are they've created this this parody religion. Or at least say. the ones we spoke to. There's yeah. probably some yeah. out there that are like As, pretty it's, it's, it's uh, they come. I'm not saying this acknowledges existence, or I I don't know. I just have never heard that before. <laughs> no, look it up, and, and uh, I think you'll find out that the, most of them don't believe in, in either God or Satan. Yeah, but they're just. They're trying to make a point. They're trying to make a political statement, basically saying, like, hey, there's so much Christianity injected into, like, politics right now. If we use the same book and just support a different figure, shouldn't we have just as much equal representation? Well, the the whole thing is that they want religion out of politics. Right. And they're they're coming along saying, you're trying to put your religion in in there, and we don't think that's a good idea. We don't think there should be religion in in politics. And for me, as a Christian... the Constitution says that I've got to have equal rights. If any other religion can have equal rights... Right. Hold on. Put on my Christian hat. Okay. okay. Hold up. It and ooh, screwed it down. And let me just make sure this light's on. And great. All right. So as a Christian, right? If I'm looking at you, yeah. oh wait, it's on now. Okay. I'm offended that you, as a Satanist, are trying to get representation for your pra- religious practice, mm-hmm. when really it should just be about my God, and we're both using the um, same book. BS. What? <laughs> That's special. You you shouldn't be allowed in okay, politics. Okay, well, what about all the other religions? I know you think they're false, but yeah, they think they yours is false. What? Religion, by definition, by the Constitution. The Constitution says that the United States government shall make no um, laws re- respecting religion. Now, therefore, you're saying you want to get your religion in. You want them, the United States government yeah. or the state government or the local government to back Christianity. Yeah, all the four well, that's, that's against the Constitution, and that's why Christians are losing all these cases all over America today. They keep saying that, oh, the FFRF is coming down here and bullying our people. It's not bullying. It's law enforcement. But here's the cool thing, and just so you can understand the Satanist point of view, mm-hmm. it's the the piggybacking of the same holy book that that i find ingenious just yeah. so that if someone yeah. says well you know this is the bible and this is our book and they're saying this is the bible this is also our book too we're reading the exact same passage as you are mm-hmm. in fact we're pointing to the exact same yeah. verses you can point yeah. to well what's funny it's is if you read the bible and you and you believe in both god and and satan you would have to agree that god wanted us adam and eve the first humans to be no more than slaves but then Satan came in and mm. gave us the truth. Christian hat's still on. I don't think he wanted <coughs> to be slaves. He, didn't, he didn't even want us to know the difference between right and wrong. A, a Christian yeah. would say he had a plan as soon as he yeah, first right. started making the heavens. So and our made. plan was not to know the difference between right and wrong. For a period of time. And to live forever. For a period of time yeah. until Adam and would the, eat the apple yeah, and well, blah, 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 blah. Well, the thing about it is, uh, what did Satan do? He gave us the truth. Uh, matter of fact, how many people did uh, God kill in the Bible? I forget. You keep asking me this. I keep forgetting. How does anyone know well, that exact number? The, he, he's, the, the Bible constantly says, well, he gave these people a uh, plague and 45,000 died. Oh. So if you add up those numbers. Don't, uh, you're you're going to give me a number quick thing. All right. It's over. It's like three and a half million people. Now, that's not including 60-something cities that he wiped out with no number count. Okay. You know, fire, brimstone, things like that. I mean, literally. And literally the entire population of the world. Yeah, I would have just went with that. Yeah, but. That doesn't get into the nitty gritty of him oh. giving people plagues. I mean, that's a pretty bad way to go. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Now, how many people did uh, Satan kill? 
Uh, again, a number I probably couldn't answer. He killed Lot and his family. Okay. No, Lot's family. Not Lot. So just Lot's family. And a Christian would say, and he only did it when he got permission from God to do it. But a Christian would say that all the death and suffering we see today, like even the stuff that the Duke was pointing out at the beginning of the show, is a result of Satan doing his work. Anything that's non-godly, ISIS, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Boko Haram, ISL, Taliban, all these things that no, happen, if you those, if you, if you ask them, they're doing what God said to do in the Bible. That's a different religion completely. How could so that? what? That's I a different mean, God. That's not Christian God. It is the same God. It, uh, Christian it's the God different. of Abraham. Uh, they, uh, um, uh, they may say that, but a Christian would say it stops at well, Jesus. If they don't know the Bible, which is typical. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Judaism is God 1.0, or, okay. or religion yep. 1.0. So we're going, we're going yeah, to Christianity 1.0. Is, one, is 2.0. It's 2.0? Uh, or 1.5. No, something. no, no, it's 2.0, because Muslim, Mormonism is like 2.1. Islam is 3.0. 3.0. And um, Mormonism is 4.0. No, no, Mormonism is like 2.9. It's like the Vista release. After okay. Second. That's right. right. Duke, I want to... So you told us But before, it's all the same God, is what, <laughs> what I was trying to say. Yeah, it's all Abrahamic gods. I can take the Christian hat off. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Duke, I wanted to ask you, you had said that people come to God for uh, a sense of hope. That's a real reason. What do you think of as that being a good or a bad reason? Well, it depends on the results. Now, that might sound weird, but... Oh, I like that answer so far. It's on the outcome of you having that belief, I think. You know, let's say you go to God at a time where you feel really weak, and okay. you come out, you know, mentally stronger, healthy, you know, you just come out and prove. I don't see anything wrong with that. That's, that's personal growth in a way. Sure. Um, but if you're going to come to it when you feel weak and then you're going to just not gain anything from it, or if you're going to, you know, be corrupt or hypocritical, or I would not imagine that that would be a good reason to believe or go to religion. I just want to make I a. I want to make a. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I can hear you absolutely. I just want to make a weird distinction between good and bad and like right and wrong. Um, so, so doing something where you don't see anything wrong from it. Like, I would also agree that if you, if I felt like, you know, I needed a pick me up emotionally, and I go to a place that you know tells me that a God exists. I won't say which one. Let's just pick it out of a hat, and then I follow that God, and I feel so much better as a result of like going to them like once a week. I wouldn't see something wrong but the question is do i have a good reason still to believe in that god if i chose to believe in that god or if if i happen to believe in that god in other words feeling better is is feeling better a good enough reason yeah it's a good thing feeling better is definitely good but is it a good reason to believe which is a different question Um, and it doesn't have to be one or the other Okay. Now, uh, my answer to that is it depends on how how much you want what you believe to be true. Hmm. I mean, I'm I'm very into truth. I mean, if if you showed me that God was real, I w- and showed me that was true, hmm. then I would go with that. Sure. If you had showed me that any other God was true or any magical being or uh, maybe a um, Bigfoot, supernatural, UFOs, whatever. I just wanted to believe as much true stuff as I can. And for me... And as few false things as possible. And as few false things. And if you you showed me something and said, believe this, it'll make you feel better. Mm. No, it won't wash it with me. It would be something I'd want to have. 
I definitely would want to feel better, and I think well, yeah. there's, there's something. But the great cost about is that. too high. I, giving up truth for a feel-good position? No, I don't think so. So what I just feel is I don't feel like it's automatically a lie. Like again, like Seth, you can know my position is uh, my position on on the God question is I don't know. I don't have enough information to like, and because I don't know, I'm not going to say with definitive, you know. Uh, definitive confidence that exists or doesn't exist. And as far as I can see, science isn't in the business of proving or disproving it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm an agnostic atheist. Sure. I don't believe, but I won't say there's no, there are no gods out there. And of course, I want to feel good. <laughs> I value pleasure over pain any day. Mm-hmm. But the issue is a completely different one. It's a, it's a rational question at the end of the day is, do I have a good reason to believe in the things that I believe? And if right. I, if I can't answer that confidently with yes, then my safest position is i don't know or withhold i don't believe belief. withholding yeah. belief mm-hmm. i only want to believe in things that i have a good reason to believe in right and if it's still in a gray area i would say it's still not good enough for me to believe it i'm not mm-hmm. saying it's wrong mm-hmm. i'm just saying for me to be convinced you haven't met my burden uh, or standard of evidence right no, that sounds good to me what do you think duke i, I like that oh he likes it um, I'm sorry. I, I think I think it just goes along with the, with the thing with shows. I mean, if, if you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. I like that. Let's get it. <laughs> we'll get an applause going on that one. Uh, let me apologize to the audience in that it takes a minute for uh, the amplifier to kick in the phone. Uh, sometimes if he's quiet for a while, yep. the phone will sensitivity will drop down, and then he has to talk a few words before it'll kick back in. Also, so it's uh, automatic. Even though we have a phone caller, we're still free to have anyone call in yes we are the line is still open and you can call and join the conversation at 333-5937 that's 865-333-5937 and this might be a good time to go yeah i think so duke have you ever heard of atheist music before i've never (laughs) even heard of this concept before I thought every song was an atheist song. If, if it's not uh, a secular song, oh, okay. But every if song's it's not about atheism or free thought, then I wouldn't call it an atheist. Oh, song. is that the distinction? I'm yeah. learning so yeah. much today. I'm going to have to write. I've that got down. a I've got a song coming up here during the break. It's going to be uh, Sarah McLaughlin's "Dear God," and we'll be back in about I don't know seven minutes. Oh, okay, see. You. If you live in or around the Knoxville area and are questioning your religious beliefs or simply believe in one less God than everyone else, well, you're not alone. The Atheist Society of Knoxville is a fun and friendly group of people just like you that meets twice a week at a bar or restaurant. We meet every Tuesday night following the show at Barley's Tap Room and Pizzeria for happy hour. You'll find our group either inside or on the patio. Look for Richard Dawkins' silver-jacketed book, The God Delusion, standing upright on the table. But if you plan to preach, proselytize, provoke, or punch, please don't. We all question what we believe at one point in our lives. If this is the time for you, come join us for food, drink, conversation, and fun. You made your image see the 
Do you find stories of talking snakes laughable? Do you prefer the scientific method over supernatural beliefs? Are you concerned about religious leaders and organizations imposing their values and rules on your body, your family, and the rest of our society? Well, take comfort in the fact that you're not alone. The Rationalists of East Tennessee meets weekly for fellowship and provides a forum for people who support skeptical thinking and rational discussion of these and other issues. To find out more information or to find out about our next meeting, visit us on the web at www.rationalist.org. And we're back. Um, this is WOZOLP Radio 103.9, Knoxville, Tennessee. Wow, you memorized that whole thing. I did, I did. So many letters. Yeah. And uh, this is an atheism show called Free Thought Radio Hour. And we're on today with myself, Doubter Five, The Wombat. The Wombat. And Duke on the phone. How are you, Duke? Oh, welcome back. <laughs> and what we're, we're going to, since this is Ty's last show oh. live, where he's going to be live, he's going to call in some other time. Ah, uh, sadness. It is. Uh, but he'll, he'll be calling in to talk on the shows occasionally yeah, going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you've got a couple of things that you'd like to talk about in this last half hour, I believe. This section I call The Last Word. All right. So we've gone over a lot of weird, controversial comments that were made on the show. So a lot of them came from me. So I just want to set the record straight. I want to make sure that we leave on the highest note possible, or at least put on the highest note possible. Uh, let's bring up some of the things we talked about on the show, at least. Uh, first of all, when you first brought up the concept of clouds of glycine in space. Of glycine? Of glycine. Glycine, Seth, by the way, is an amino acid. It's used to make proteins. And... Doubter 5 made the controversial statement, at least in my opinion, that there were in space, there were just clouds of glycine just floating, having a good day. Well, I, I called them amino acids. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't believe that at all. I was like... Yeah, you're, mm, a, you're a biochemist. I'm a biochemist, yeah. I, I, I've been studying this field. I'm like, wow, that seems a little far-fetched to me. Space proteins? Come on, man. Come on. So, went home, looked it up, blew my mind, turns out... Lots of peer-reviewed research has been performed by pretty well-established uh, uh, schools. The methodologies are sound. Uh, there's a lot of cross-references. The the materials that they they use to st- or the machinery that they use to study this are well uh, used. Uh, we have them in our labs as well. Uh, so the 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 fundamental science behind it was was sound, and I had no other reason to not believe it. I had a good reason to believe it. Right. And I came back on the show and I said, hey, i got to change my mind on this. As a rational person, when you present me with enough good evidence, I have only one course of action and that's to change my mind and believe yeah, it. And that's the thing that could fuel the initial evolutionary start. Yeah. With uh, RNA and into DNA and and on <laughs> from then on. <laughs> so you have comets going through space. They go through glycine clouds. Maybe some of them hit Earth. Maybe some mm-hmm. of them melt. Maybe some of them have some reactions underwater, pressure. Now remember, these are activity. just molecules. There's no, nothing has to survive, really, to, to exactly. get to Earth other than uh, just a chemical string. And ice is pretty stable uh, as far as like a compact, dense structure. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a good delivery system. It is. It is. <laughs> it makes you think about other life in other planets. I want to know about that as well. That's a conversation for another day, though. But uh, let's talk about the next point. So, yeah, Larry, or Doubter 5, huh? completely right on that. I was wrong. Oh, okay. I have to make that a point. Now, you must be coming to one where I'm totally wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't. I think we've, we've, had, we've hashed out all the arguments we've had beforehand. Oh, cool. Uh, Duke, what do you think about that? Clouds of glycine in space, amino acids in space, comets going through them, could be potentially the start of life as we know it on Earth. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, they found glycine spectrometrically through uh, um, uh, uh, tests they've done on Earth. You can look into space based on the emissions that are given off by certain clouds. You can pinpoint that as you can pinpoint the molecular structure. We're able to uh, confidently assess that those are molecules of glycine, or the basic, the most basic amino acid. And there's exactly like the amino acids that are here on Earth. And we think that a delivery mechanism that could have gotten them from those clouds to Earth is comets that are mostly ice, go through the clouds. Uh, the ice encapsulates some of those proteins or the initial amino acids. They come to Earth, and then through a process of melting and then being underwater, geothermal activity, 
under a lot of pressure, you can actually have the formation of very basic proteins, which could be the introduction to what is the central dogma of how life started using uh, genetic code-based protein-derived molecules. It's cool. It is. It blew my mind. Wild. It's cooler than the Matrix. It I want to live in this reality. It's so much more cooler than anything you can make up. Oh yeah, and much cooler than the stories that you find passed down for from the Dark Ages. Or all right, yeah. I got another point. Mm-hmm. This is my other point. We had a caller who wanted to talk about individual truths. Okay. The thing about I remember individual- that. The, the thing about it, I said, I, I remember when I when it was brought up. I thought I said I said these words exactly. That is an interesting concept. And then immediately, what was said immediately afterwards is, "No, it isn't an interesting concept," or "No, it's not." Which is interesting because that was my individual truth that got shut down. No. But what's interesting though is that if I have two opposing individual truths, say there's an individual truth where someone says there are such things as individual truths, and my position is that there aren't any. That's not a valid claim. If individual truths are real, then mine should also be real as well. And if my point is that individual truths aren't valid, okay, well, then, well, then, you're, then you're, it's a paradox already. Well, you're not identifying objective versus subjective truth. There are two types of truth, and you're just using one for one for all of them. Now, if, if I say, if I'm colorblind, let's say, okay. and I say that map on the wall is gray... And you look at it and you say, no, it's not. It's it's full color. It's you know every state has a different color, and and I say, no, it's not. Well, it's a subjective truth, and it's true for me. Okay, but it's a subjective truth. You can bring in a team of scientists and look at that map and be, and determine the the actual objective truth. I am fine with the concept of individual subjective truths. I am not cool with the concept of a individual objective truth. Right. Exactly. Right. Oh, we were making good ground today. Uh, this is good progress so far. I'm liking that. Cool. What do you think about that, uh, Duke? Um, you know, I think I've talked to you about this before, that maybe each person has their own truth, but you know, it's kind of like, like you said, like you said, if it's reflected on the wall, it's gray to, to the colorblind man. Sure. I mean, we, we know it's not really gray. We know that it's Right, exactly. Um, there may not I be an intrinsic color or pastel. I don't know how I feel about that after hearing that example, but previously I have said that I do believe, or previously I've, I've, I've expressed the, uh, the notion that people can believe different things and they both have a certain level of truth, but yeah. I, I don't know about that. I have well, to think about it. Okay. Well, they have tests for colorblindness. I mean, you can get a circle with numbers printed in the middle of them that a colorblind person could not see the color. I mean, see the numbers or the letters inside it. But if you bring in a string of 20 people and they look at it and say the same number, that's number 26. And then you bring in, you know, it's 15 more people and they look at it and say 26. Then the, the blind person would have to, uh, Submit that there's a number in there, and that it's that it's something he cannot perceive. Right. You know, so he'll he'll he would be convinced that his perception is off. Sure. And I guess what we're trying to say then is that even though there's a there is a, 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 a subjective nature behind how people see the world, but I guess where science is at least trying to come for is trying to develop objective or the most objective methods possible to right. make accurate observations about right. reality that repeatable repeatable demonstrable mm-hmm. uh, rational to right. an extent uh-huh. natural also as well right. there's a lot of uh, pre- uh, requisites necessary for a very good uh, scientific statement to be made about how the world works around us and individual truths subjective truths they have a part to play but they are nowhere near the utility or the usefulness as a uh, a repeatable precise you know, accurate, measurable standard. Right. Uh-huh. Cool. I agree. All right. Let's go on to my next problem. Okay. We had the bearded boy scout on the show. Huh? Love this guy. We did. He brought up dilution theory. This is not a, this is not an attack on this. Actually, I'm going to say that I was wrong for the longest time about this whole dilution, dilution theory. Okay. So here's the concept of dilution theory. And if I'm wrong, bearded boy scout, you can beat me up about this, but it's essentially if I, if I have a religion, the more people I give it to, 
the more people that take that part of religion and make their own little sect, and the more that take that sect and turn it into their own division and then their own new idea religion, the the more and more diluted my original concept of that religion becomes. Such to the point that the power of that original idea dissipates. It no longer is pristine. Um, he sees that going on with Christianity today. I would say so, yeah. So, like, the original Christianity, I think, where, you know, you're, you're throwing rocks at, you know, virgins who are, have been told that Well, that, that would be Judaism, really. Oh, Christianity okay, okay. would right, be the one who says, don't throw it. You know, don't. <laughs> if you are <coughs> without sin, cast the first song. Oh. Also, I mean, you got to remember that the stuff in, in the Old Testament, which is three quarters of the Bible, sure, sure, sure. presages Christ, uh, Christianity. Okay, let's see. So that's, that's old school, old book. But uh, Jesus came back to say, treat each other well, turn the other cheek, uh, get rid of your material uh, possessions, and live more in the spirit, you know, that type of thing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You have you have a very positive point of view about Jesus. I didn't know about this. Okay, so yeah, uh, then would you say that's not being followed by a lot of religions today? Yes. (laughs) Give me an example. Um, Well, today you weren't at RET this morning. No, what happened? But uh, there was a lady who came to RET, and uh, we had a presentation about religion, and and actually it was about revelation. And uh, afterwards, we had kind of a, a question answers. Um, question answer session and as you can imagine uh, a lot of people would make generalities about Christians and uh, she said oh but those people weren't Christians Mm. and uh, right then you you have this alarm going off Ah, in your mind you know uh, that Okay, well, that's that's a fallacy. Hmm. It's the no true Scotsman no uh, fallacy. Uh, it's one of those where if if a Christian doesn't, I mean, if a Christian is a person who follows Christ and does good things, then anybody who does a bad thing is no longer a Christian. Okay. And Christians cannot do bad things. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? So she she pointed to a group that did uh, call themselves Christians. Sure. And and did bad things. And she pointed to them. They're not Christians. I have a better example. I think. I think yeah. I have a better example. Let me uh-huh. know if this makes sense. Uh, we did the gay walk together, the gay support right. rally mm-hmm. together. We walked yeah. through the streets. This happened while you were, uh, I think, just before the fireworks that you were doing, Seth. Um, and what was interesting was while we we're you know supporting uh, gay rights and our brothers and sisters in Knoxville, sure. mm-hmm. there was a group of protesters on the side and they had posters and they had citations of the Bible verses, Leviticus specifically Mm -hmm. where they were calling out the people who were walking the parade as people who are hellbound or going to hell and I said from the very beginning as soon as I saw them was, I'm really glad that they're here because they're the only people here because right behind us was a Methodist group that was also walking with us saying you know, Jesus loves everybody, Mm -hmm. Jesus loves you too and I feel like the protesters are probably doing a better job accurately representing what the Bible says, both in the New mm-hmm. and the Old right. Testament, compared mm-hmm. to what the church that was following us was. Right. And as much as I was happy that this church was walking with us, I felt like there was probably a, a, dis, a, a genuine, disingenuous representation of what their book actually represents. Right. No, I agree. If if you point to a book and say, you know, this book says stone homosexuals, and it does, you go there and you look it up and you open it to that page. Sure. And, and it you says, have a new prophet that and, says, and I didn't come says, to change any of the laws. Yeah, I just and said it's X, a y, message y. from God, and yeah. God finds it an abomination. Yeah. And then you find another group over here that points to the same book and says, we love homosexuals. They're our brothers and their sisters. I'm well, happy then that the one, yeah. the first group is more biblically accurate. Yes. But the second one may be more more spiritually in alignment with the message of Jesus, per se. They may be the embodiment of the dilution theory that right. the Bearded Boy Scout brought. Uh-huh. And I think that's a good sign of and people still of the going away from it. That we've got to change. We've got to discredit the book. The book itself mm-hmm. has some very bad lessons in it. And, and and we need to take the good lessons, leave the bad lessons, write a new book if we need to. Ah, like because it. Thomas we, Jefferson probably did if that. He did. He, uh, Thomas Jefferson, if you're not familiar, go ahead and, and enlighten the audience. So up. I think what Thomas Jefferson did was he took the entire New Testament, basically cut out all the text where Jesus was saying things, and just says, this is the Bible, guys, because mm-hmm. we only care right. about what Jesus says, right? Yeah, he threw out the, right? the entire Old Testament. Also was a slave owner, so I got mm-hmm. mixed feelings about the guy. But right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you go online... Right now, you can go online and search 
for the Jeffersonian Bible. Sure. And find it and download it and read it. Love your neighbors as you love yourself except mm-hmm. for your slaves. Yeah. <laughs> All 137 yeah, of them. He, he had a problem <laughs> in that area. <laughs> what are you going to do with your four <laughs> forefathers? Yeah. Uh, all right. I got, let's see, we got 15 minutes left on the clock. Uh-huh. I got more things. I got, I have more bones to pick. Okay. This bone is called 99 versus a 1. 99 versus 1. And I didn't know what this was. It was brought up a couple of times in a conversation that we had together as a group uh, and this radio station. But I didn't get an idea of what it was until after the talk. And what the premise is is essentially uh, if people can find 99 reasons not to believe something or uh, to believe something but one reason not to believe something, like if there's one out out of 100 possible options and 99 was overwhelmingly for but one was against, people tend to go for the one just to discredit the 99. Can you give us an example of that? Uh, I can give... So, uh, let's see. Without being too specific, uh, if I had an argument against someone who was probably describing like the nature of, uh, of a belief system that purported that um, evolution was false, like, and I had, I had an objection to that, I would say, well, look, you know, you have... Scientists, you have fossil record data, you have this data, you have, you know, a genetic code, you have fields of biology, genetics, you mm-hmm. have modern medicine. There's a lot of things, there's almost 99 different reasons uh, why you should. seven different ologies. <laughs> yeah, there's almost, it. there's almost 99 different reasons why you can believe this. And if that person brought up, for example, uh, well, you know, fossil record had bad carbon DNA or uh, carbon dating. And carbon dating specifically is not as accurate, and he doesn't talk about any of the other isotopic measurements that we yeah, do. I, I say that a lot, though. You put a, a big article online, and, and it covers an awful lot of material, exactly. and God will come back and say, yeah, but blah, 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 point number three is bad. Yes. And then it never talks again. He won't come back to you on anything else. Class representation, yes. and mm-hmm. they use that one point to discredit the other 99. Mm-hmm. So that's a good example of saying, like, 99 versus one. A lot of people use one as an out. I do think, though, that it doesn't matter... The numbers don't matter. The 99 or the 1 doesn't matter. Really what matters is, do you have a good reason to believe in the 99, each of those 99? And do you have a good reason to not believe in that 1? Again, theme of the show is good believing good reasons and, uh-huh. and right. not believing for good reasons. If I said, for example, even to the Duke, I don't know how old the Duke is, but I'm imagining if he's a, if he's a male human, he's probably an age between 0 and 100. Mm-hmm. So there's probably at least 99 wrong whole number of years that he's possibly aged to and one correct answer. Yeah. And if that one correct answer happens to be correct, it doesn't mean that any of the other 99 could also possibly be correct. There's only one answer in that situation. So just because there's one answer and 99 other answers doesn't mean whether you're talking about evolution or how old a person is. The, 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 what really matters is whether or not you have a good evidence or good reason to believe in that one answer or to discredit the other 99 or vice versa. Right. Yeah. What do you think about that, Duke? Too convoluted? I think uh, I think I think it's a it's a very good idea to stick with the theme on this one. Um, you know, numbers numbers on everything is more of the, the substance behind it. So you can have nine on that reason or you can one good one. Yeah. Yep. And you gotta know. use your rationale to Yeah, it's it's like the old yeah. you know, I'm, Two billion people can't be right. I mean, can't be wrong, sorry. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they, they can be. be. Yeah. Um, there are more people in the world that don't believe in Christianity than there are people who do believe sure. in Christianity. By that, uh, it's a it's a fallacy. It's the ad populum t- uh, fallacy. At one time, everybody in the world thought the world was flat. Mm-hmm. I mean, the popular belief doesn't necessarily represent truth. You have to find out what truth is, and you have to verify it by by test and repeatability. Sure, I think so. So, it, and that goes for every one of the ninety nine, and that also goes for the one as well. Yeah, and it's funny that whenever you talk to a Christian or a Muslim or any religious, you know, they say God doesn't do tests. God you can't test God. <laughs> can't test God. You know that whole story yeah. where Jesus goes out mm-hmm. and he's just like, "You can't test me." Yeah. It's like, oh, that's true. That's very handy. It's it's a very useful thing. Mm -hmm. All right. One last one. And I didn't write this. Oh, this is the same conversation with the same fellow that I was talking to before with the 99 versus 1. Again, just at at summary of just that point, it's good to have good reasons to believe in what you believe in as well as good reasons not to believe in what you believe in, I guess. 
whether it's that one or the 99, just have good reasoning. That's all we're really asking yeah. for. And, um, and be open to, to um, new evidence. Exactly. Yeah. Never stop thinking. So this is the conversation that we were having at the end. He, I was asked if I was an atheist, and I said yes. And then he said, or the person who was talking to me said, I don't believe you because you don't seem to be satisfied with your atheism. Self-satisfied is the word that he left out, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) You seem to constantly want to question. You seem to constantly want to debate. You seem to constantly want to be critical of movements that gives you. You have your point. Stop thinking. No, sorry. What do you think? No, it doesn't work that way. What do you think, Duke? Stop thinking as a is is that ever is there ever a good time to just stop thinking and have your position? So you're in a path towards you're on a personal path towards enlightenment right now. Yes. If I suggested that you just stop wherever you are right now, or say you reach a conclusion on something and just say, "Good, you're there now. Good job. Stop thinking." Would you think that's pretty um, good? <laughs> no, I don't think it'd be like that. You know, I think I stop thinking periodically. You know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, you know, I think I always take a minute and I just you know kind of shut things up. Um, but at the, at the at the end game, you know, I I can't answer that. I can't answer that because. Hmm. Um, I don't. I don't imagine I would stop thinking. I imagine. No, I've been on that walk for forty-five years. It's still going. Sure, I absolutely agree. I think even if you do find yourself coming to like a destination on this path that you're on. Uh, even yeah. when you get there, even if it's what, no matter what it is, even if it's my path, your own path, someone else's path, or whatever destination you reach, that was what I mean. Always be willing to critically assess the position that you're in, the things yeah. that you believe in, and new information that comes to you because it's a process. You know, it's it's not a, a state of mind; it's a constant uh, flux. And that's beautiful, in my opinion. There's a meme going around the Internet that says, whoever wants you to stop thinking is not your friend. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree. All right. I think that's it. That's the last word. That's the only words that you brought with you. It's the last word. All right. So, Doubter 5, you got some good news for us? Um, Well, I did look up some. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, it turns out that uh, in July, atheists sued Kansas City over a $65,000 handout to the to the Baptist Convention. Okay. Anyway, today, American atheists and two Kansas City residents filed a complaint in the federal court asking for a temporary and permanent injunction to prevent the city of Kansas, Kansas City, uh, from giving $65,000 to Modest Miles Ministry. Now, this is tax, modest miles tax dollars that the, the, the citizenry of not, uh, Kansas City and that county uh, taking money directly from people by the power of government uh, and giving that to a church for for the uh, purpose of holding a national Baptist convention in September. So the best, so the Modest Miles is a good name for a church. It's funny because you it know, they're funny. taking money. The best name for a church, though, is in Columbus, Georgia. It's called the Evangelist, Evangelistis Launchpad of Everlasting Souls. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, launching pad. I like it's that. a launching it's like, pad. Yeah, because I guess it's easier to say that than build a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Just don't drink the Kool Aid. That's yeah, it. Yeah. All right. What else you got? One more. Um, we can find one more. Hold on. I see something Trump related here. Yeah. We're not making any political uh, statements here. We're just in his acceptance speech at the Republican National Convention Thursday, uh, the July twenty first, Republican presidential nominee 
Donald Trump pledged to end the long-standing ban on churches engaging in political activities. Okay. So, so he's going to revamp the IRS, apparently. You know what churches need to be is more political? And I just think uh-huh. our politics just need more church yeah. involvement in them. I think right. that's good. It's, it's right. a good path. Uh-huh. And if you're a member of a church and you want to have the power of politics over your congregation, just <laughs> what, about, what about the other people in your in your uh, uh in your county or your city who don't believe that way. Uh, what are you going to do? What are we going to do Well, about you don't that? have to worry about them because they're going to hell anyway, right? All right. Anyway, <clears throat> what we got? I don't know. we still got like two or three minutes. Um, you think we have enough time for last words? Well, I just... Sure. <laughs> but I uh, I just hate to see you go. You're, you're, uh, you're very lively for the show you and can't. very very insightful and I appreciate that. a good resource for uh, biochemical <laughs> information. I remember when you first asked me to be on the show, and I think I said something like, "Hell yes!" Excuse me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, this is always something fun for me. Yeah. And uh, I think it's my first time on the radio. First couple of episodes, a little shaky because I was so nervous all the time. But yeah. now I feel like we've totally got a group between each other. Yeah. I hate to go too. But yeah. I think we're both going on to like really cool. I think I don't think this is the end of anything. Um, like I said, I always call back yeah. if, you, if, yeah. if you ever need to go to the show. Oh, sure. I'm here. And uh, you got my soundboard. This is I a useful do. thing. Yeah. The sound you're listening to now is one of the buttons on the soundboard <laughs> the time Ty came up with. So... Uh, I hope you're enjoying that. And speaking of people who are happy to have on the show, and also sad to see go, Duke, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you have any last words for us on your as before you walk into the sunset? That's right. I like that. I love and that. Your education did not stop with the last day at school. Get your butt out there and learn something. Right. Uh, Learning is lifelong. It's good. Peace and love, everybody. Yeah. Daughter Five, what do you got? Well, um, be sure to uh, tune in next time. Uh, be sure to visit the uh, the website, digitalfreethought.com, read the blog. We cover an awful lot of uh, ideas that we talk about on this show. Some of the ideas uh, come from there as well. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Signing off. Okay, say bye. Wombat, going home. Yep, and we're going to sign out with a song as soon as I can bring it up here. Uh, Where'd it go? So we actually had this conversation. I don't want to hear Big Butter Jesus, but why don't you just like play it out one last time? (laughs) One time, you sure? Yeah, go for it. Because it's the easiest one you can find. All right, here we go. Big Butter Jesus, enjoy. See you guys. See you next week. Bye-bye. In southern Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, I beheld a vision next to the expressway. Was a 60-foot Jesus with his hands in the air. Looked like he's carved out of butter, just like at the state fair. Big butter Jesus, sweet cream Jesus, old country fresh Jesus, unsalted Jesus, old promise Jesus, imperial Jesus, can't believe it's not Jesus, holy old Lord. Well, you see him from the chest up Like he's about to do a backflip Like he scored a touchdown Or maybe melting or about to drown Well, I've been to the state fair Seen a cow made out of corn cobs Garth Brooks out of string cheese And the virgin out of olives Big butter Jesus, sweet cream Jesus, old country fresh Jesus, unsalted Jesus, old promise Jesus, imperial Jesus, can't believe it's not Jesus. 
holy old Lord. Shipped in pieces on a flatbed. Staring backwards was his big head. Driver stuck in traffic backups. Desperately avoiding eye contact. Well, don't make no graven images. That's one of the Ten Commandments. I hope the grading curve is kindly. You get to heaven with a 90. Leave Father Jesus. Sweet cream Jesus. Old country fresh Jesus. Unsalted Jesus. Oh, promise Jesus. Imperial Jesus. Can't believe it's not Jesus. Holy, oh Lord. Can't believe it's not Jesus. Oh, spread the word. <laughs>